life. Infinitely fragile, and yet often deceptively mundane, somehow in the same space. Or more like the same time. Time. The most precious currency we have, no matter how hard a bargain you drive, you can never get it back. We trade it for people and power and things, hoping that in the end we'll understand what it means to live. But sometimes the end is a surprise, one we couldn't predict or expect, regardless of all our calendars and notifications, there are still some things beyond the reach of our front right pocket. So, if the author of time and of space stood before you today, and with the words of his son, he told you that your soul was required of you, not this night, but in 35 minutes. If your heart was laid down in its proverbial deathbed and you had this one final opportunity to leave a word of wisdom and of passion with those you loved most, what message would burn inside you worth the finite breaths and fleeting moments you have left? Would you start that clock, please? I have 35 minutes to share my deathbed message and also connect it in with a little bit of where we're headed in the future. I want to begin with a scripture, then we're going to, we're going to pray and see what God does. Hebrews 10, 36 says, For you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this moment. We call out upon you, Holy Spirit, and ask that you would just move in this place, that you would touch lives, you would speak to every one of us, you would encourage, Lord, you would pull down strongholds. Father, your kingdom come, your will would be done in lives, God. Those that may not know you, God, there come a great awakening. Those who are fallen away, that you would touch them in such a beautiful fashion. God, I just lift up this time to you in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said... 35 minutes, no matter what you're going through, you can't stop. I would tell my wife, honey, whatever you're faced with, whatever may come your way, don't you quit. I would tell my son, Seth and Micaiah, no matter what may happen in the future, don't you, don't you throw in the towel. Don't, don't you ever give up. I would tell Topher Jamie, my grandson Jonesy, there, there may be all kinds of stuff that come your way, and, and it will come your way, but don't, don't you ever give up. I would tell you today, saints, when all hell breaks loose in your life and your back is against the wall and the, the enemy's got you in the corner, don't you stop, don't you quit, don't you give up. There's something about, there's something to success by just not giving up in life. Well, J.O., I have 
no way out of the situation I'm in. You, you don't know what, what my life is like. You don't know what, what I'm going through. You don't know where I've been, what my marriage is in. And I would tell you today, it doesn't matter because I know the miracle maker the one who can make a way no matter what you're faced with. He makes a way in the desert. He makes a way in the wilderness. He makes a way uh, through the storm. Whatever you're faced with, Jesus is the way maker. How many of you know that's not just a cute song? He was a way maker before that beautiful song. He'll make a way for you no matter what you're faced with right through the middle of the sea. Somebody wanted to quit in here this week. Maybe you wanted to quit because of a a past abortion, or you wanted to quit because of a, a, a marriage on the rocks, or you wanted to quit because of COVID, or a bad report from the doctor, or, or you might have just moved here, and, and it's not what you thought it was. You wanted to quit maybe because you're unloved, or, or self-hatred, or, or abandoned, or, or anxiety, or, or all, whatever it is. You may have wanted to quit this, this week, and I want to encourage you. Jail, I lost it all. I lost all hope. I'm going to turn you to the God of hope today. Because no matter what, what's happened in your life, the worst of the worst, you got to understand that you're not the only one going through something in this room. Every person in this room right now is faced with a storm or they're going through something. And I got news for you. He's going to help you through. Well, jail, I'm, I'm good right now, jail. I'm good. I'm not going through anything at all. Well, that will change. Give it a little time. That, that will change. If you've been walking with Jesus for any amount of time, that will change. It's, it's been said that pray as if everything depends upon God, but work as if everything depends upon you. So I say, whatever you're going through, pray. But you also climb out of that hole. You also kick and scream and spit and scratch and do whatever you have to do so you don't stop, or you don't quit, or you don't give up. Because you got to always remember, if God be for you, who can be against you? If God's on your side, let me tell you right now, you have the majority. Tell your neighbor right now, don't you stop. Tell, tell, no, no, tell him. Don't, don't just don't, don't play church in here today. We ain't got time to play church up in here. You tell your neighbor right there, don't you stop. Well, yeah, I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. I got news for you. I'm a hunter. And anytime I'm in the valley, usually there's a beautiful mountain ahead of me. There's a mountain of life that God has for you right through the valley. But as Christians sometimes, we like to get hung up in the valley. I'm just going to bring my RV and camp out in the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> just set up a tent right here in the valley. That's not what David said. Yea, though I go through. Somebody say through. That's an important word right there. He wants to get you through it. That valley, because he has a beautiful life for you. Paul and Silas, they just been beat with rods. Just think about that right there, yo. Beat with rods. Severely flogged. And now they're going to throw them in jail. Not just any jail. Man, jail is bad enough, but we're going to throw you down in the jail. We're going to put stock in the inner cell. And listen to what the Bible says about the, the prison guard, Acts 16, 24. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So 
we're going to go into jail, and we're going to go down in jail, jail, the jail of hell, and we're going to put your feet in stocks. And all of a sudden, silence begins to say, oh, man, we done now, Paul. This is it. This is it. Man, this is it. We're going we're gonna to die down here. In this. They don't know where we is. This is it right here, yo. Uh, that's, not, that's, not what, that's not what they said. That's not what they said at all. You know what Paul, Paul and Silas said? Somebody say in the midnight hour. Midnight. How many of you know that God uses the midnight hour? He uses the midnight Why the midnight hour? Why in the last minute? I can tell you one reason. Because all of a sudden, it's 11.59 with 59 seconds. Right? 11.59, 59 seconds. And all of a sudden, you're going to throw in the towel. I got news. Don't throw in the towel. Because in one more second, guess what's new? His mercies are new every morning. 12.01. His mercies are new. You about to throw in the towel. Look what, look what Paul and Silas say. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. I'm going to tell you right now, you call yourself a Christian in this day and time? And all of a sudden, you're going through something. Everyone's looking at you. Oh, let's see. Let's see what he's going to do now. Let, let, let's see what his attitude's going to be. Look, look, his back's against the wall. Let's see how he's going to act. Everyone's looking, and they were looking, and all of a sudden, all the prisoners were looking at them, and they kept eyes locked on Jesus, worship and praying. And before you know it, all the prison doors were loosed, and everyone was set free right in the midst of the inner cell. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. Somebody wanted to quit in this room this week. I've seen my wife look down cancer three times. Three, three times. I'm not saying it was easy. But I'm saying she was faced with it. And in the midst of all those cancers, she wanted to write a book. And I've seen her start books and kind of not finish them. Just kind of like, that must be what writers do, you know what I'm saying? Just, they got to have the juice flowing. And all of a sudden, through all those cancers, through all the hell she'd been through, you know what she didn't do? She didn't say, I'm out! I'm done! Here's the white towel. Ring the bell. You know, she didn't say any of that. It may have taken her 10 years to write the book, but she wrote it. It's called, it's called listen, it's called Heaven, Earth. She sold a case last week and a case this week, and I'm here to tell you that would have never been done if she had been done. Ding, ding, I'm done. I'm done. And if you read some of the book, you'll find out real quick that all the hell she went through comes through those words and it smells like a beautiful fragrance. You're like, wow, who could write this stuff right here, yo? Well, you can write it when you've been through it or you're going through it. Don't you give up. You have a dream. You need a dream. This is a good Sunday to start dreaming again. I don't care how smoky it is outside. You need to dream again. Uh, can, can, I go, can I go real this morning? Yeah. 
I warn you. Because both services I went real and both gatherings they got shocked. They thought they were all that and I went real and then they were like. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you again. Can I go real? I didn't hear nobody say no. Me and my wife was in the worst fight or one of the worst fights of our life. How many of you married? How many of you been in the worst fight of your life? I, I mean, I'm talking about worst fight of your life, husband, wife. I'm not talking about dude on dude and stuff like that. So we had been in ministry at this beautiful church in Boise and Meridian area, and, and we just stepped out of the boat and moved to Vancouver, Washington, really a little town called Ridgefield, and, and bought, bought some acreage there. And we lived in a beautiful 1969 mobile home. <laughs> that when we looked at it, it was straight up ghetto, man. <laughs> my kids loved it. My, do- my son's like, this is cool, man. It's metal and it's got wheels. <laughs> I remodeled it for a couple of weeks, got the nicotine out of it, and y'all know what I'm talking about? It used to be white, but now yellow. Wow. So we're living there. Well, I get get asked to do a youth camp because there was about three years where we called it preaching, prophesying, and painting because I wasn't on staff anywhere. I was traveling, revival camps, family camps, all of a sudden eternity plays and and preaching and prophesying and sometimes painting, sometimes hanging Christmas lights, whatever I could do, whatever I have to do to take care of my family. You you feeling me? We were walking by faith. And what that means right there is like, whoo, it's scary. You're like, oh, wow, there was a check in the mail. Praise the Lord. And I just got through doing this youth camp. At the youth camp, it was like glorious, man. God showed up. It was like five or six youth groups coming together and somewhere. And it was at Riverview, wasn't it? It was at Riverview years ago. And then, man, it was like I was just laying in an anointing oil. It was just like, wow, the grace and the presence of God and God was moving. And, and all of a sudden, the camp's over. And I'm back in Ridgefield in our mobile home. And it's August, and it's extremely hot for that area. Humid, hot. I got my wife beater shirt on. And it's like morning time or somewhere around noon or I don't even know what we're fighting. Anybody ever been in a fight? It was so bad, you don't even know what the fight was about. It's like you're just throwing a stick of dynamite. Who's going to blow up on? Just, just back and forth, back and forth. Who's it going to blow on? And all of a sudden, we're peeking. And I looked at her and I said, this is my D trailer, and you can get the H out. See, I told you I was going to shock some of you today. And I don't need your email. Believe me. God already took me to the woodshed. I don't need, I don't need you to judge me. I've already been judged. Because about what, what I'm about to tell you took place. So I'm standing in the living room, which is about two feet from the kitchen, which is about a foot from the hallway, 
which is about a foot from the front door. And the front doors, the, the screen doors about that thick. And when it's not latched, it just flaps in the wind. You know, the little aluminum door. And as soon as it comes out of my mouth, as soon as I say that, someone knocks on the door. I turn around. Pastor Ward. How you doing today? Just the biggest hypocrite in town I became. Fighting. Hi. Would you like to come in? He's like, no. You good? Pastor, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but he was the pastor that was over the camp that I had just finished the day before. So I don't need your stinking email. God dealt with me real quick, being a jerk. Why do you say that, J.O.? Because you might be in the worst situation in your marriage. You, you may be thinking, man, I got the worst wife. I got the worst husband. I don't even know who I married. I don't even care. I don't care who or what you're dealing with in your marriage. If you just won't stop. Jail, man, I can get divorced and be free. Yeah, you can be free. You can be free of responsibility, but you won't be free of what God wants to do in and through your life. Well, Jay, I've already been divorced. I'm not talking about you. You already been there? Well, let's don't do it again. You, you right in the midst of fighting? You know what's worse than cuss words? It's saying, oh, I can just divorce you then. You need to get that D word out of your mouth to never say it again in the midst of the fight because that is not fighting fair. You need to get rid of it right now. Matter of fact, shut the door. No, no, don't shut the door. Remove the hinges. No, no, don't just remove the hinges. Go ahead and frame up that door, sheetrock it, and get rid of that word. All three of you like that. No, you need to listen to me today. Because God doesn't want you to go around that situation. He wants you to go through it. And he wants to do a great work in your life and in your wife and in your husband and in your marriage and in your future. And now we've been married for 30 years. But I had to not stop. There's many times where Radine was like, man, I'm kicking this crazy, passionate fool. She didn't say it that way, but I'm, I'm saying how I probably would have thought about myself. And you didn't stop. Listen, whatever you're going through in your marriage today. Why do you say a marriage? Because there's a lot of marriages that have challenges. How do I know? Because about 50% of them don't make it. So we can all play church up in this place and go, oh, we doing good? And just sitting all up in church lying. Right? But if you listen to me today and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to use that D word in my marriage. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I made a covenant with her through good, bad, ugly, whatever it may be. We're going to fight through this thing right here. When the devil whispers in your ear, yeah, you can get out. Yeah, you can save that card. No, you, sh you, 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 you cut up that card and you, you, you frame that door in right there and you say, no, 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 uh-uh, never, ever. I'm in it to win it, baby. There's a book called 
Pope and Young. Pope and Young is for trophy archery um, takes. And I'm, if you're offended that I'm an archer, I don't care. <laughs> I just have to be honest. I just have to be honest, right? And so the very first word in this book, hardback book, it keeps all the records of archery trophies for that year, whatever year it was. I read it. I read some of it years ago. The very first word in the book was this, bow honey, perseverance, period. Perseverance, period. And I'm thinking, man, that ain't just for bow honey. That's for life. That's for your marriage. That's for raising your kids. That's for for sticking it out with that jerk boss. As for, as for whatever, that, that bad report you got from the doctor, whatever it is, persevere. Don't you quit. Don't you stop. Don't you say I'm out. Don't you say I'm done. Elijah had a great victory, man. This guy, he, he was a man. I mean, this guy's a man of God. When you pray and it don't rain for three and a half years, you got something hooked up in heaven. It didn't, it didn't rain for three and a half years. I'm like, man, I wish I could pray like that right now. It pray and, and rain would hit Oregon and Washington. That's a whole nother story. But here's my point. He's a man of God. Didn't, didn't rain for three and a half years. And he calls fire down from heaven. All these false prophets, he has them all slayed. All this movement, all this manifestation, power of God. And before you know it, Jezebel, this crazy lady. You want to be married to some crazy lady? Marry Jezebel. And Jezebel writes a letter to him, says, hey, what you did with my prophets, I'm going to do to you. And this man of God, you know what he does? You should read it. He runs. He run, runs. He runs about a day up in the desert or wilderness, and, and you find him underneath a broom tree, and he's sitting there like, God, just go ahead and take my life. Suicidal. Do you know the tenth, the tenth leading area of death in America is suicide? Tenth. Do you know about 70% who takes their lives of that, of, of, of that number? 70%, almost, almost 70% in 2018. White dudes, middle age. Now my understanding is that young people are struggling immensely throughout COVID and what's going on. And I could just tell the parents right now, parents, where are these kids learning this? I'm going to tell you, a lot of them are learning from the internet of what they should do and how to commit suicide. And you know what you should do with the internet? You should cut it out of your house. You should throw the computer out. You should do whatever you need to do to save your kid's life. And I'm here to tell you, you don't like that? Well, lump it because you need to do whatever you need to do in order to help your child. Good preaching, J.O. I don't care if you like it or not. Because we need to raise our kids up in the ammunition of God and loving them and, and get them in church and, and worship and get them here on Wednesday night and Thursday night and, and whatever you need to do. Amen? Amen? So he got an email. Well, no, it was a letter. But you probably got an email. 
or you've been slammed on social media, or, or you've been smeared on Facebook, or Instagram, or wherever it is, accusations and lies. You know, things happen to me, and I'm like, dude, I get blamed for stuff. I'm like, where do they get that from? They be blaming my wife and stuff. It's like, what the heck? Where, where is that coming from? And you know why? Just because we're leaders. Just because I'm a pastor, just because of pulpit, get blamed for stuff. I could be all po political, too much politics. I could be all no political, no politics. Don't shake my hand, shake my hand, wear a mask, don't wear whatever it is. It doesn't matter. You, as a leader, you just ain't going to please everybody. And I, I have to grow up and get over that. You know what I'm saying? It's not always fun, though. If you've been slammed on social media, I just want to encourage you. Don't you give up. You live through it. You live above it. And you show off for Jesus Christ. You let them know who lives inside of you. Are you feeling me today? Tell your neighbor right now, don't you give up. When the devil starts whispering in your ear, suicide, suicide. Oh, jail, suicide's always an option. You can, you know. You can keep that right there. Do you know that before I was born again, your pastor was about crazy? Some of you are like, wow, getting born again didn't really help you. <laughs> but seriously, I was a young man, and it carried over into my Christian life for a while that I heard very loudly and very clearly, as about as loud as I'm telling you now, I was tormented for years. Kill yourself. And I couldn't get away from it. I would try to get away from it, and I couldn't get away from it because it was right here and right here. And I just want to pray for you right in the midst. I got 10 minutes left. Listen, I'm not through preaching yet, but I want to take a moment and pray for you because I, I refuse to play church. And if you're struggling in here with hopelessness, and depression and anxiety. I had anxiety before it was even kind of spoken of, panic attacks before they even was talking about them. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus has a plan for you. Don't you give up. Don't you give in. It's 11.59 with 59 seconds. Come on, his mercies are new every day. We can speak to those lying demons in the name of Jesus. You can be set free. You can be delivered. You don't have to be tormented the rest of your life. I'm not tormented. Like I used to be. I'm not perfect. But I'm sure not who I used to be, baby. Can I pray for you? Father, I lift up anybody in this room in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who's hopeless, depressed, anxious, suicidal. Father, in the name of Jesus, there's no, there's no other name by which a man can be saved. There's no, there's no other greater name than the name of Jesus Christ. You are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who heals. You're Jehovah Nisi, our victory and banner. And I just pray freedom. I prophesy freedom and deliverance over every heart here in the name of Jesus. Every lie of the enemy be ripped down. Every stronghold be tore down. Every wall, you fall. For freedom's sake, you came to set us free, Jesus.
And I pray for my brothers and sisters that they would be free. Their hearts would be free. Somebody's being freed right now. Tears, cleansing, freedom. Amen. We say amen with me. Amen. 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 Will you put up with me a little longer? Whatever you're going through, don't you stop. Don't you quit. Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. That's not just a cute little scripture. Don't you ever just go, cute little scripture. You, you know, how many of you know you can lip sync songs and you can lip sync scriptures and they don't really mean anything? Just a... I went to a concert one time with my beautiful wife. She wasn't my wife at the time. We went to Sacramento and we saw Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Brothers could dance, man. But they couldn't sing. I was in the concert. I was in the concert. You asked. Ask my wife. Ask my brother and sister-in-law. I was in the concert. I said, hey, they're lip syncing. They're like, what? Rating, did I say that? Called it out. They are lip syncing. Called it out. And you know what? They were. And it impacted one of them so bad that they found out that he committed suicide. Very sad. Don't you come up in church lip-syncing. Don't you lip-sync the worship songs, praise. He's worthy of more than lip-syncing. Don't you lip-sync these goods. Oh, greater is he that is in me. No, no, you put your heart behind it. You put your spirit behind it. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. There is no zilch, zero, none your condemnation for those who are Christ Jesus. Whatever you're going through, he'll work it for your good. Don't you lip sync those powerful scriptures. Most of those are in one chapter. I call it the power greater eight, Romans eight. Woo! You just get a hold of that chapter in your Bible. Elijah went to the cave. He's in the cave. God's like, Elijah, hmm, what are you doing here? <laughs> Calls him out to the edge. All of a sudden, the wind, like Monday, wind come through, ripping the rocks. Then an earthquake. Then fire. Guess what? God wasn't in any of that. He comes in a still, small whisper. Elijah, I'm not done with you. You're going to anoint Elijah. You're going to anoint. Hey, you, you, I, I got plans for you. Elijah, you need to remember something. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do, right? You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do, right? You're somewhere huh, in the future, huh, and you look much better than you do. You're somewhere in the future, and you look. Some of you need to prophesy that over your own life. He's not through with you. Four hundred and forty-six times in the King James Version, and it came to pass. Whatever you're going through right now, it'll come to pass. Yep, yep, that will come to pass. That too, Jo. I've been in this season for three years. It'll come to pass. 
whatever you're faced with right now. Joe, I've had chronic anxiety. I've had chronic pain. I've had panic attack, attack, depression, OCD, PTSD, bad report from the doctor, miscarriage. Don't you give up. I've been through some of that myself. There's something very successful about just not giving up. Just don't throw in the towel. Just don't say, I'm done. If you're tormented with suicide, I'm believing it's going to be broken off your life today. Mark Batterson, reading a book of his right now, and he had a beautiful quote. I just want to read it. You've you got to always remember how much God loves you. If, we could just, if I could just get it through my thick skull how much God loves me. If, if we could just get it you know, down in our guts. How, how do you know that he loves you that much? Well, because he already died for you. He's crazy about you. You do the greatest thing since sliced bread. Even Dave's seed bread. Not even just wonder bread. Listen to Mark Batterson. He says, God can't love you anymore. Some of you, you need to pay attention right now. God can't love you any more or any less because he already loves you unconditionally, eternally. Bobby knows where I got that from because we're reading the same book. He loves you perfectly. David spoke of friends turning on him, dark seasons. I, I've had dark seasons in my life when my parents got killed when I was eight. I may have been eight. It doesn't matter when, you kid, when your parents get killed. It feels like almost yesterday sometimes. Then my sister was killed when I was 17. Man, I've had dark seasons in my life. Some of you had dark seasons, maybe darker than mine. But I'm going to tell you right now that God will use darkness. You might be, wow, he'll waste that. He will never waste a hurt. He won't waste a pain. He won't waste an abandonment. He won't waste any, He doesn't waste anything. He turns it for your good. Because see, a seed ain't nothing but a seed unless you plant that seed where? In, who said darkness? Who said darkness? Yeah! Right on, Ham. A seed is nothing but a seed unless you plant it in darkness. But when you plant it in darkness, guess what? That's when it grows, it's where it becomes a fruition, the warmth, the, 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 the dirt, the, 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 the water, and, and all of a sudden, no longer. See, you was never made to stay a seed. You were never made to stay a seed. You're to be a tree planted by rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in season. Whatever you do shall prosper because God wants to mature you. He wants to grow you. But I'm going to tell you right now, you can't make yourself mature and grow on your own. I'll just be nice enough. No, it doesn't work. Oh, I'll just do enough mechanical duty. It doesn't work. There's only certain things that will work when you go through hell, when you go through darkness, when you go through crushing. Can I have my wine presser up here just for a minute? Wine presser, come on up here, wine presser. Look at this right here. These are grapes. Just grapes. I looked them up, and they cost $2.09 a pound. Look at that hammer. It's just a grape right there. That's a grape right there. Look at this right here, brother. Grape right there. Just pure, pure grape. So, so right now, just think you're a grape, right? See, a grape doesn't have much value in itself. A pound of grapes, $2.09. But guess what? When you take those grapes and you crush them, 
all of a sudden, you make a bottle of wine. And all of a sudden, 73-year-old French Burgundy wine goes on sale for $558,000. But it started as a grape. And it's nothing but a grape that's fermented. But the grape had to go through the crushing. Because a grape ain't, you know, it, yeah, yeah, thank you right there. Don't you miss a grape, brother. Right, you get every one of those grapes. Because we're making wine right now. But the thing is, is that to be honest with you, I'm not talking about grapes and I'm not talking about wine and I'm not really talking about drags or leagues. I'm not what I'm really talking about is you. Because God doesn't want you to stay the same smell. He doesn't want you to stay the same taste. He doesn't want you to stay the same you. He doesn't want you to be all bitter up Christian someday. Just like, everybody, I'm a Christian. He wants you to smell like Jesus, taste like Jesus. Not worth $2.09 a pound, but about $558,000, 73 years old. People want to drink from you. People want to taste you. People want to feel you. People want to smell you. You know why? Because you smell like Jesus. I want a bottle of Jesus. Give me a bottle of Jesus. I don't need a bottle of Christianity all covered with lemons and all bitter. I need Jesus. And you think you can do that on your own? No, 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 no. You get under the feet of Jesus to see what he'll do for you. Crush you. Be smelling so good. Tasting so good. I want to read a scripture to you out of Acts. Just... Don't forget, hey, where's, where's my wine man? Thank you. <laughs> Don't forget this. Listen to the scripture. Acts 14, 22. Oh, I'm out of time. Can I, you give me a couple more minutes? Yeah. A few more minutes. I didn't get my deathbed done in 35 minutes. <laughs> Lord, let me live. I'm trying. I get excited. Amen. Acts 14, 22. Strengthen the soul. This is, this is Paul talking to disciples. This is Paul talking to believers. Listen. Strengthen the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. He's saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. See? I got great faith, J.O. I'm never going to go through anything. I'm never going to suffer. I'm never going to go through a trip. I got news for you. Your faith, it doesn't take you around this right here. It takes you right through it. Look at some of the beautiful words in here. Everyone say, we must. If you're a Christian, it's going to happen. We must. Say this with me. Through many through many, not just a couple, baby, many, many what? Tribulations. tribulations. You know what that tribulation means? It means narrow. It means pressure, narrow by pressure in your marriage, 
right there in the narrow by pressure. You're like, I'm, 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 I'm out. If you're out, if you, go, if you get out right in the narrow by pressure, you miss what God's about to do in your life because on the other narrow by pressure, guess what's on the other side of that? I got a new little grandbaby. His name's Jonesy. That's what's on the other side of that. What do you mean, a baby? Uh, newness. New life. The thing that God has created you for is right on the other side of the narrow by pressure, but you can't bail right in the midst of it. I told you I'd give you back to this right here. Why is a wine bottle built the way that it is? Just so it looks cute? No. A wine bottle is built the way it is because back in the day, they would pour the wine through it, and as it went through the neck of the bottle... The tribulation, the leaks would fall back into the bottom of the, of the bottle. So all of a sudden you pour, pour it slowly, and the neck kept the leaks out and the new wine in and through. And all of a sudden you do that three, four, five times, and you got the greatest wine on the face of the earth with the leaks behind. What's that look like for you? Can I pick on you, Bobby? Here's Bobby. Chugga, 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 chugga. Oh, look at Bobby back there. The bottom of that. There's old Bobby. There's old Bobby. Old Bobby. There's old Bobby. Old Bobby. And before you know it, it's like, wow, who is that new Bobby right there? He done been poured. No more leaks. No more drags. Mmm, he smells good. Mmm, oh, he tastes good. Wow, he's like Jesus. Wow, a bottle of Jesus. But if you bail... And you don't go through the process. You miss what God has for you. Tell your neighbor right there, don't you quit. Don't you write you. I'm right in the middle of the tribulation, jail. Don't you stop. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you say I'm out. God has great plans for you. New life. New life. Prophesy new life over you. Prophesy new life over you. You're going to dream. You're going to, wow, you're going to have the greatest marriage that you can't even imagine. Jail, I fell into heroin this week and I hadn't done drugs for 48 months. Well, you just keep falling, but fall forward. Don't keep falling, but when you fall, fall forward. Let me, let me clarify that. You fall forward. You keep falling forward. You keep letting him pour you in, in the next bottle. Are you feeling me today? Now, J.O., how in the world are we going to go all through these things and continue to go all through them without throwing in the towel? And this is, this is going into our next series. Listen to this. you got to know God. Listen, listen, you can't. Just don't play patty cakes with Jesus. you got to know him. You can either do one or two things. You know God! Or you can go, oh, no God. No God! Or you go, no God. He wants you to know him. That's how you're going to make it. That's how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shad. That's how they made it. That's how Daniel made it in the lion's den. That's how Joseph made it. That's how uh, Moses made it. That's how David made it. That's how Easter Esther made it. Uh, it doesn't matter. You name it. That's how they made it. They knew God. Amen.